Hello and welcome to According to John. I just want to take the time today to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And I sure appreciate uh, your time and know that you're taking the time to listen to According to John. If this podcast has helped you, please like, share, subscribe, follow, uh, tell someone else about it. When you hit that like button, it lets the algorithms know you like it and it helps grow this podcast. So if you would do that, that would be fantastic and so appreciated. And today I hope you enjoy the podcast. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And it says this. And this is Paul now. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. And Paul has some issues. He's being buffeted by Satan. Satan has, has given him a, uh, a problem. We don't know what the problem is. And, uh, you know, some think it might be the eyesight. Uh, others think it might be a physical ailment of some sort. Uh, but what we do know is that Satan is attacking Paul everywhere he goes. Okay? And what we find interesting is God doesn't stop it. Now, we know Paul has a pride issue with humility. And Paul readily admits he had a pride issue, and he asked God three times, take this away from me. Let's look here in 7 through 10. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. In other words, he's like, God has shown me more things than anybody else, and boy, I can get pretty arrogant about that because I'm special. That's what he's saying here in our language, if you will. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And verse 9, And he said to me, Jesus said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so there's a few things that I want you to see here. First off, Paul asked for this to be taken away three times. And God answers Paul and says, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And so I want to encourage you because, you know, sometimes we can get in this thing, Lord, save me, Lord, help me, Lord, take care of me, Lord, why, 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 why me, why me, why me, why me, and then I, 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 I. And we, we really get caught up in ourselves. And after the third time of Paul taking it to the Lord, and the Lord answers him, and he says to, uh, to Paul, my grace is is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Jesus says, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm not relieving you of this problem. I'm not taking it away. And you're going to deal with it. But I'm going to give you grace. Because with this problem and me giving you the grace to go through it, people are going to see me more. People, you're going to be weak, and people are going to realize you couldn't have done that on your own. They're going to see me. Your attitude is going to change, and people are going to realize that they're going to see me. And all of a sudden, through this, this whatever it is that Paul has, God's going to be glorified. Here's what's interesting. 
God didn't give this to Paul. God allowed Satan to buffet Paul. We, we see this with Peter as well. Remember when the Lord's talking to Peter and then Jesus says, Peter, Satan is looking to sift you like wheat. And then the very next thing that Jesus says, when you return, when you return, love the brethren. When you return, take care of the brethren. You know what that means? He's going to sift you like wheat. I mean, when you return, right? Satan's looking to sift you like wheat, and it's going to happen, Peter. And when you return. And what happened with Peter through that whole trial and Satan sifting him like wheat, what happened was Peter became so strong in the Lord and so strong in leading others that when they went to kill him, they were going to crucify him. And he said, hang me upside down. I do not deserve to die like my Savior. And so what we find is that this trial with Peter literally strengthened his walk with Jesus. Because it forced him to trust him more. It forced him to look at him more. It forced him to keep praying to him. It forced him to seek his face. And God says, my grace, my grace is sufficient. I will give you everything you need to go through this. And when you come out on the other side, you'll be stronger for it and I'll be glorified. My grace. And guys, what I want to encourage you is don't get caught up in the the i and the me mentality i deserve what about me what about me lord i deserve i deserve and i'm just going to tell you the reality of it all is guys we don't deserve diddly we really don't i mean we do deserve and according to the scriptures we deserve death and hell but god's grace god's grace opens us up for salvation for without him, where would we be? Where would anyone be? And so Paul gets this. And Paul realizes that his pain was spiritually productive. Think about that just for a second. Paul's pain was spiritually productive. Because he didn't say, I and me. He asked the Lord three times. I think three is a reasonable number i think seven you deserve to get slapped <laughs> my kids listen my kids when i would tell them something and then and i would tell them the answer no or whatever it is right and they knew that that was it it was over now sometimes they would just they'd say dad can we talk about this yeah absolutely let's talk about it but don't ask me again uh dad can i go to my friends no why oh we never got why we didn't get why, and I'm going to tell you, because I said no. The why will get you landed a solid spanking or in your room and grounded. And you go, Pastor, were you that harsh? Yeah, I was. Why? I think an answer is sufficient. And then we were done. And God allowed Paul to take it to him three times. And after that, Paul was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to use this to glorify God, and he did. So let me encourage you, if God answers you and you know it's of the Lord, you praise him for the answer because there's always a purpose. 
We don't know the purpose. And sometimes this side of heaven on earth, we won't know the purpose. But God will make it come to fruition. And we just have to be obedient and praise God for whatever it is and ask him to use it for his honor and for his glory. And then Paul goes on in verse 9 and he says, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And, and when I read this, I think about the asking. So he went to the Lord three times. And I wonder if the first time God didn't respond and the second time God didn't respond and then the third time God answers him with my grace is sufficient. And so Paul got his answer and he was done. He was done pestering God. He sat down and said, okay, God, you know what? I'll embrace this. I'm not going to like it and I won't appreciate it, but I'll embrace it. And that's what he said. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'll take this if that means God's strength will be on me and with me. God's grace. That's what I want you to see. You know, the Lord granted Paul relief in this. But not by taking it away. But by giving him sufficient grace to walk through it. Giving him sufficient grace to deal with it giving him sufficient grace or power if you will to complete it so god gets the glory so if you're praying 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 for god to take it away how about you change your prayer to god give me the grace to get through this and show me what it's here for that's what paul did if you get caught up in me 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 i i i what will happen is we, we can get a negative heart we can start getting negative toward God. God, where are you? God, why, why me? God, what happened? God, I thought you loved your children. God, I, 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 right? And what I want you to see is we need to take the, we need to have the attitude of Paul and say, okay, God, I heard you clear. Because we didn't see the first answer and we didn't see the second answer, but the third time Paul asked, we clearly see the answer, which could have been the first time God answers. My grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect in the implied here is your weakness my strength is made perfect in weakness when humility sets in and we love jesus and all of a sudden people see it and then they see god because of it the term charis or charis or grace appears 155 times in the new testament and grace describes god's undeserved favor to mankind undeserved the truth is we don't deserve god's grace we don't deserve god's power we don't deserve god's deliverance we don't deserve salvation we listen i'm so sorry to say this but we deserve nothing that is holy and righteous because we're not but god all right i mean i'm like whoo that right there should jack you up but god and god says i'm going to give you grace because it's through my grace that you'll make things happen it's through my grace that you'll be strengthened it's through my grace that you'll make it through it's through my grace that you'll have peace it's through my grace that everyone will know you're mine god's grace undeserved favor and of course, it totally transforms us. 
and it begins at salvation. Acts 15, 11, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. In Acts 18, 27, when he desired to cross Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, that salvation by grace, being justified freely. This is Romans 3, 24, being justified freely by his grace, God's grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And so we see it's because of grace we have salvation. And then it continues through sanctification, that sanctification is simply the process, or they call it progressive sanctification, which is a, a big fancy word that says that you are in the process of growing and maturing in the faith, of progressive sanctification. And, and Jesus is even there in our sanctification, in that growing and that, that maturing of his goodness and grace, 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And so we see that he is there in our sanctification. He is there to glorification, Ephesians 2.7, that in the ages to come, he, Jesus, might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus or because of Christ Jesus. And then what we see is that grace sets the Christian faith apart from all other religions. All other religions demand. They require of you. And if you're going to stay in any kind of whatever with God, you know, the little G gods, then we have to give and we have to sacrifice to that God. And yet with Jesus, the Father sacrificed for us grace grace what we don't deserve at all but yet god is so gracious and kind that he extends grace the bible teaches that believers have all received grace upon grace that means grace and more grace Look here in John 1, 16. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. Grace upon grace. And then grace and truth were realized through Christ. Look here at John 1, 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. And I'm going to tell you, it is with his grace that gets us through everything and we realize that everything about him is truth. And we, as Christians, cannot function without his grace. John 1:14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, the word being Jesus, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Luke, the writing to the early Christians, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. In other words, great grace. God enabled them. God uh, used them and then empowered them to do what? To share the gospel. And they went out and shared Christ with the world. And the Bible says, and great grace was upon them. Not just grace, 
but great grace, that exceeding abundant grace. When we go out and tell people about Jesus and we're unashamed to speak of Him, great grace. Paul wrote of the grace in which we stand, Romans 5, 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have access by faith into this grace. What is this grace? And it's literally the hand of God, the power of God, the God just extending himself out to you and I as we walk through life glorifying him. James spoke of grace that is greater than sin's power. James 4, 6 says this, but he gives more grace, more grace, because you know this much grace isn't sufficient. He gives us more grace. Everything we need, guys, I'm telling you, it's in God's grace. It's what he extends to us over and over and over again. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In Romans 5.20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. In other words, you and I are sinners. I mean, let's be honest. You and I, we are, we are low-down sinners. And sin requires the payment to God, which ultimately is death and hell. But yet, grace, grace did much more abound and covered our sin where sin abounded grace much more where we deserve the punishment god's like whoa hold on hold on satan get behind me you accuser of the brethren get behind me because i got this thing called grace and you can't touch it grace did much more abound to our favor to our account Peter described the manifold grace of God or the multifaceted grace of God in 1 Peter 4.10. And it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, the multifaceted grace of God. Some of you learn by listening. Some of you learn by seeing. Some of you learn by reading. Some of, however it is, right? It's multifaceted how we are. And God will reach each and every one of us on our own level. Why? Because grace abounds over sin. And we deserve the effects of sin, but God's like, mm, no, 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 no. It's my grace. Paul called this exceeding grace in believers. 2 Corinthians 9, 14, And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, he says this, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God is able to make all a grace abound toward you. That means that anytime we want to do something for the Lord, anytime that, that we have God in the forefront, anytime that we are praising God, anytime we want to talk about God, anytime we take God before people, what do we get? All grace, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every godly work. That's what the grace is for, to do God's work. 
And that's what we pray for. And that's what Paul prayed for. Paul says in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 12, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And he's confident in this. And he knows that God will give him the grace to walk through any fire that comes. As long as Paul is glorifying God. Let me encourage you to glorify God. Just let me encourage you right now, man. And glorify God, live for God, and He will make all grace abound towards you. And then we're guaranteed success. It may not feel like it, but God gets the glory. We're guaranteed success. Because it's God's success. It's His definition. It's what works for Him, not for us, or not for the earth, or not for, for businesses that we start, or money that we make, or jobs that we get. The success I'm talking about is the success in Christ because we talk about God, we glorify God, and we live God out in front of others. And God says, man, whatever it is, grace will abound and more. And so I just want to encourage you to hang in there and have the attitude that Paul has that when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, that applies to you and I as well. And so may we always humble ourselves so that God can be exalted and then ultimately God exalts us as well. Well, I hope that that podcast was a blessing to you. And again, if you would, please like, share, subscribe, follow, and uh, tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.